Hello and welcome to This Is Modern Rock, Season 3. I'm Will Westerkow, and I'm joined today by my frequent co-host, Orly. Hi, Orly. Welcome back. Hello. Thank you for having me on the season opener, especially. You know what? I know you loyal listeners were anticipating a special bonus episode between seasons, (laughs) and uh, we did that. We made a bonus episode. We actually reunited Orly's old band, Fun Yeti. Yeah. They came into the studio, performed some cover songs. Yeah. Uh, We talked about statistics from 1989. There were a lot of statistics. A lot of of really good statistics. Sure. Yeah. Best band, (laughs) longest time on the charts, stupidest band name. And then my computer had an incredible meltdown and my hard drive was destroyed. It was so sad. Unrecoverable. Thank you for not backing anything up. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, unfortunately, no bonus episode. I'm still crying. Not my fault. Or is it uh, for buying a refurbished computer? Is that my fault? Should have gone new. Should have got the warranty. (laughs) Let's just pretend that all never happened. Let's never speak of it again. Okay, please don't. And let's get into 1990. This is a big deal. It's the 90s. Yeah, the 90s. We've been talking about this for a while. January 1990... What was going on other than celebration of the new decade? Noriega surrendered to U.S. troops. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. <laughs> this that was big news. Hey, this is radio that was supposed to be for your eyes only. Oh, okay, sorry. Uh, yeah, we remember that. Uh, what else was going on? Nineteen ninety, the big Time Warner merger. No, I don't remember no. any of that. I'm sorry. I was just too busy having crushes on boys, and I still thought that Michael Jackson was relevant. I was still really into Michael Jackson all through the late 80s and early 90s. Like, I couldn't get enough. Okay, so if it, if it wasn't Michael Jackson news, then you just didn't important. care. Okay. <laughs> Number one hit at the start of the year, Phil Collins. Ooh. Another Day in Paradise. <laughs> this song is such a downer. Give me a verse. She can't walk, but she's trying. <laughs> no, I've never heard this song. Anything else new going on? With me? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's been a while. It's been a whole season since we've caught okay, up. Okay, so I was your first guest ever, and I had a baby back then. Mm-hmm. If you'll remember, it was Orly and a baby that's, was that's the right. official thing. And the baby is not really a baby anymore. Yeah, that's big. So, just a tired lady. Sure. <laughs> tired, but not but not tired of modern rock. Uh, no, you know what? I was so not tired of modern rock that I wanted to see Pearl Jam, mm-hmm. my favorite band of all time. Okay, they are the ones that really like turned me on to modern rock, and I'm sure we'll be talking about them if you know, we're around. Oh, that, I'm sure that long. The closest venue to me is the one in Seattle. Do you want to hear the story? Yeah, tell it. Couldn't get tickets because bots bought them all up and then just sold them on StubHub. It's just like a racket. Did you try the uh, the presale for fans? I did. You know, it was overloaded, so I just yeah. couldn't even get through. You got the spinning wheel for hours. Hours. I said, "Please just load." Yeah. <laughs> Are you Pearl Jam's number one fan? I wish I could say I was, but I'm definitely not. They're way bigger fans, but I am a huge fan. I have seen them a dozen times, so it's like, oh, I've never seen them, but I haven't seen them in over a decade i would love to see my favorite band of all time that like made me want to play music all right so any listeners out there who just happen to have a couple extra tickets you know where to send i will buy them yeah at at an inflated rate (laughs) (laughs) not too inflated no no no, just a moderately inflated gently inflated yeah (laughs) please cool okay well let's jump into some modern rock 
I just think that they should give them to me. Oh, Pearl Jam, Pearl Jam give them to yeah, me. Not like, the listeners. The thank you yeah. for being one of our best fans. Yeah. You know what? I've got a deal. If anyone in Pearl Jam is listening, and you know, I think they probably are. Orly here, she wrote a beautiful story about her first <laughs> concert experience at a Pearl Jam show. seventh grade. It's true. Yeah. If one of you manages to send her a couple <laughs> tickets, I will try my best to convince Orly to send you a copy of this story it's incredible you can't have the original because it has a hand bound cover <laughs> should we talk about your paper mache eddie <laughs> no 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 okay <laughs> off it's off the table i never said anything and paper mache what seventh grade was a big year for me my teacher was Artie. yeah <laughs> and i was obsessed all right let's get into some modern rock yes kicking off 1990 the number one modern rock song on the charts is the same modern rock song that finished up the year 1989. Oh, so we just talked about them? Yeah, so that was Jesus and Mary Chain with Blues from a Gun. Oh, yeah, I and, remember and liking they, that song. Mm-hmm. So they hold the number one position for a couple of weeks, and then we get a new song from the Psychedelic Furs. Mm, it's in the same vein, I guess. Yeah, sort of. I mean, Psychedelic Furs, I'm surprised they're here in 1990. They always strike me as very much an 80s band. Totally totally 80s so in 1990 they've released their sixth studio album called book of days that's not the greatest title book of days not into it no that sounds religious and boring and it's not even a book right of days yeah it should be called audio cassette of days don't do that so book of days i think marked the commercial decline of the psychedelic furs Mm. they were pretty hot property for a while there in the 80s you know they had quite a few hits pretty in pink the john hughes movie Mm -hmm. was named for the song Mm -hmm. and this was their first album not to break the top 30 in the uk and their first album since their debut to not crack the top 100 albums in the U.S. This probably had something to do with the fact that their previous album, 1987's Midnight to Midnight, was, and I'm quoting singer Richard Butler here, hollow, vapid, and weak. Ooh. Yeah, so if, if that's how you feel about your own album. Vapid and weak. Yeah, Yikes. hollow, vapid, and weak. You know, I thought I knew Psychedelic First pretty well because I've owned their Greatest Hits album for a long time. Mm-hmm. But this song we're going to hear, this is post their Greatest Hits. That's what you want, right? You don't want to just say, like, I've got a Greatest Hits, now I'm going to go retire and never talk to me again. Yeah, I mean, you know what, Billy Joel, he's got Greatest Hits Volume 4 probably at this point. There you go. Right. But uh, I don't know, Psychedelic First never struck me as a Volume 2 Greatest Hits kind of band. How rude. I'm sorry. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I like them. I'm not trying to disparage their hit-making abilities, but they, they always struck me as the kind of band I could get their greatest hits together on one album, one I, CD. I could get it on a single. <laughs> <laughs> no, come on. No, 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 no. I'm just being rude. Unfair. This time around, we've got a song that I didn't know before, and it's called House. Like house music? I hope not. Okay. They're like, we heard about this new type of music. That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Called house music. Let's do We're gonna it. We're going to write a song about it. That's not the what theory. they sound like at all. Okay. Give me, a, give me a Richard Butler. Give me like a British. You know you know what he sings like. I want house music. <laughs> house, house music. We got, we got some house music. We do. <laughs> Let's hear it. House.
you want to shake this house? Nah. No? It was all right. Um, I mean, I didn't hate it when it was on, but I, I'm not like, I need to race back to this. I'm probably a bigger Psychedelic Furs fan than you are, mm-hmm. but I would happily add this to my greatest hits collection of theirs. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Yes, it was fine. Yeah. It wasn't like terrible. Mm-hmm. Everything's a little just... washy, which I think is true for a lot of their songs. It just sounds like this... Yeah, so like when I was listening to it with headphones, which is really nice to do, you can really hear the song. And I liked the intro because the instruments were coming in kind of on their own and mm-hmm. I got to hear what they were doing. Yeah. And then when it all played together, there's just like we're all playing at the exact same volume and intensity the entire time. There was nothing that stuck out. So you don't like the mix? The mix was bad. Yeah. Not their peak, but still, I think a fine song. Yeah. If you yeah. like Psychedelic Furs and you haven't really heard this one, you will like the song. Yeah. If you like Psychedelic Furs, don't you know this song? I didn't know the song. All right. I would say the song is not super forward thinking. Mm-mm, very 80s. Yeah. Still kicking their heels out or whatever. Does it sound like a last gasp? Um, Not yet. Okay. Close they, though. Okay. Yeah. They got one more in them? One, yeah. One or two more? Yeah. Okay. It was a little sad, a little melancholy. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. It definitely did. There was something. I mean, I think I heard him saying something about divorce. So that's never a happy subject. Your dreams are not my own. Yeah. Something like that. It's a little bummery for yeah. sure. He always seems to be complaining about something a little bit. You oh, know, really? He's whinging. This guy's oh. kind of a whinger. Mm. <laughs> that doesn't do it for you? Mm-mm. Some ladies and fellas into the whingers. I'm not. No. I like to be the one whinging. Double whinge is too much. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want anyone competing with your whinge. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Psychedelic Furs, they stayed on top for the rest of January 1990. Yeah, well. Held Morrissey off the top spot. Good old Morrissey. What is this, the third time we've talked about him? Fourth time? I'm running out of Morrissey facts. He's all over the place. Just going to say Morrissey. You know about Morrissey. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Want some more information? Go listen to the old episode. (laughs) Yeah. There's a uh, a Morrissey encyclopedia, a a Mazapedia, I think. I'm sure. So if anyone wants some actual facts about Morrissey, there's a whole book just Morrissey fun yeah. facts and, and uh, vocabulary. If anybody wants anything, the internet is out there for you. Yeah. Well, this wasn't the internet. This is a book. Right. But the internet will buy you that book. That's right. Or, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Dear internet, will you buy me this book of Morrissey? It shall be. Yeah. I just saw Morrissey. I say just, but it was Halloween uh-huh. this last year. I enjoyed the show until he showed a horrible video of police brutality (laughs) just people getting beat and shot and then he followed that up with meet his murder and showed a bunch of slaughterhouse videos was that the closer like done no no it was the second to closer it was the the penultimate song and then he comes back and i can't remember what it was every day is like sunday or something he's like here we go let's uh here's here's one you all know and love and it's, i couldn't get back into it i'm like yeah. i was just so shocked so there was that uh-huh is morrissey in the charts yeah we're talking about him right now we're talking about him right now <laughs> yeah i mean that's why i didn't bring him up for no reason i didn't bring him up just because morrissey <laughs> is a modern rock artist who's frequently on the charts he's on the charts now night this is so january 1990 morrissey has made it to number two oh my held goodness. off the top spot by psychedelic furs i thought we were just talking about morrissey because he's so awesome no i mean we, we could do that <laughs> we'll do that from time to time but not right now we're talking about him because he's on the charts got it and 
Um, this is his third non-album single in a row. <laughs> his fifth solo single altogether. He did put out one album, and then he's like, screw it, I'm just going to do non-album singles for a while. If you want to get your hands on it, it's collected on the 1989 singles and B-sides compilation, Bona Drag. And this song did reasonably well in the UK, although it was his first solo single not to hit the top 10. Hmm. And it caused a little bit of press outrage because it was seen as promoting the occult and devil worship. <laughs> oh my gosh, people need to get a grip with the devil worship. The amount of people that worship the devil is negligible. The devil's wife doesn't even worship him. Nobody worships the devil. It's ridiculous. The occult. Ooh. Well, you know, I think the British press at the time was just really into giving him a hard time. It was like a, a sport. Let's be mean to Morrissey. Weird. So I think this was during that period. Mm -hmm. But why was this song seen as promoting the occult and devil worship? I can't wait to hear. Well, because it's called Ouija Board, Ouija Board. <laughs> <laughs> no? Okay. Not a cult? I mean, if you're 12. Yeah, let me tell you something about Ouija Boards. I was raised Catholic. One day when I was a teenager, maybe like 17, we had a new priest. This younger guy. Nowhere. Yeah, just out of nowhere. This younger guy. I'm imagining him wearing sandals. That probably wasn't true. <laughs> this new guy, he starts into the sermon and he starts talking about Ouija boards. And I couldn't believe it. Like for the first time, I'm like, what? Uh -huh. like, you know, my mind was wandering elsewhere. And then like Ouija boards. And he, he starts just going off about how uh, young people, you need to be careful because oh. Ouija boards are communication with the devil. And uh, I wanted to like walk up there and go like, hey, buddy, it's not the devil, it's your friend. Yeah, someone's moving it. Yeah. And it's never me. No, it's your friend. But why is it always the stupid friend? <laughs> it's like, look, we can solve it right here. I just thought everybody knew it was always your friend moving it, though. And so I've got this <laughs> priest and he's like trying to tell us, you better watch out for the devil. As if as if we're spending all of our free time like moving Ouija, Ouija board. boards. Around. But like the literal four times I've done it in my life. Yeah. If that. Yeah. And it was your friend. It's always my friend. Yeah. Of course. But, but then we got Morrissey over here. What's he, his angle? He's the friend. Yeah. Or <laughs> is he the clueless priest? Oh, I don't know. I don't know the lyrics to the song. Let's find out. Okay. Here we go. Ouija board, Ouija board. Ouija board. I really like that song. That really? Cool. Really? It, yeah. Wow. That was really cool. I have a good friend uh, who's a big Morrissey fan, and mm -hmm. this is one of his top five Morrissey songs oh, of all yeah? time. For me, this wouldn't make my top 20. Like, I don't know not, that many Not songs. even close. It's not that I don't like it. I think it's fine, but it's just fine. And I just think there's so many much better Morrissey Maybe songs. there's more better Morrissey songs I should listen to also. I don't really know that many of his solo yeah. songs. Yeah. But I enjoyed that. Yeah. I thought it was good. It was fine. Yeah. It was, um, what, what, did you, what did you think about it lyrically? Um, it's about Ouija boards. I got the Ouija board plenty and he yeah. wants to reach someone to talk to them. Yeah. I mean, I like that. It, you know, he wants to talk to a, an old friend. Mm -hmm. It comes off as a little silly to me. I think it's supposed to. I mean, I think it's yeah. sort of like a Morrissey humor kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, I think so too. 
but um, I don't know. It doesn't quite work for me. By humor with the seriousness? It's kind of in this weird spot between serious and funny uh-huh. where it's it doesn't quite go either way mm. for me. It just doesn't work either way. Yeah. I could see that. I mean, I was mostly just listening at like the musical quality of it, and I like the way he sings it. So well, I, like I mean, stuff of course, like, that. like I, this, I'm putting it up. I like against... the guitar solo. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to like. That's the thing. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm comparing it to songs that I just absolutely love, like these other Morrissey songs that are amongst my favorite modern rock songs of all time. Right. So the, the bar is set very high. Yeah. I do are love gonna, Morrissey. Are they going to hit the charts or are they older? Uh, we'll hear a few more Morrissey tracks, uh-huh. yeah. but That um, you think are like in the top. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But no, you're right. It's good. There's some fun stuff that you don't hear often in a Morrissey song. He's got like what sounds like a female ghost vocal uh-huh. echoing his words. Mm-hmm. There's that kind of tinkly little yeah. line. It sounds more old timey than a, a lot of Morrissey yes, tracks. Yes, it did sound more old timey. And there's like a percussive instrument that is not typical also. Yeah. When I hear this song, I don't know if it's a, some kind of keyboard instrument, mm-hmm. the riff always makes me think of a fairly obscure 90s song by this band called Dig, mm-hmm. called Unlucky Friend. Are you familiar with that one? I feel like I've heard of Dig, but I don't yeah. know about Unlucky Do you want to hear Friend. just a, a real quick bit and see what I'm talking about? Sure. Here's the clip from Morrissey's Ouija Board, Ouija Board. And here is the intro to Unlucky Friend by Dig. Oh, yeah, totally. Right? Yeah. Dig, you love Morrissey. Well. How is it pronounced Ouija board? We like French. Yeah. And then I think we're supposed to be saying Ja. Ouija, the Ouija Ouija. board. Ouija. And people say it fast enough. Ouija, 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 Ouija. Ouija board, Ouija board, Ouija board. See? Can you help me? I was actually listening for the uh. And I'm like, is he saying uh? And it seemed a little On the fence. He was uh, hedging his bets. He was on the pronounce. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) But you're into it. You like this one. I did. Yeah, you're saying... You want to hear some more Morrissey after this. That's what I was feeling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've, I've been telling you that for a while. I've been telling you, you need to get some more Morrissey in your life. I agree. I have a little tyrant that sits in my car, though. It tells me what to listen to. Mm-hmm. Skip this. Yeah. Ugh, too long. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on. Okay. We got two more songs. So the next artist we're going to hear from is a singer named Michael Penn. Don't know him. But you might know some relatives of his. His brother, Sean Penn. Blonde Young Penn. Who's Blonde Young Penn? Isn't there one of them like that? No, you're thinking of uh, the Baldwins. Okay, there's definitely the fat one. (laughs) There's always always fat Baldwin, fat Penn. Yeah, Yeah, there's the fat one. Yeah. Fat Penn. All right, so Michael Penn is the brother of actors Sean Penn and Chris Penn and the son of like some other actors named somebody else, Mom Penn and Dad Penn. Okay. Yeah. Nepotism strikes again. I and mean, this just seems to be how it goes. Yeah. You're born into the family of actor directors and you just and keep just going. Like, out of nowhere, you know, my dad's famous, so all of our friends are famous. Yeah, so but I'm you know famous. what? Michael Penn, he made a bold choice. He said, like You're music. all a bunch of actors, I'm going music. 
I want no one to hear of me ever. Yeah. I'm going to go into music and then score a bunch of movie oh, yeah, soundtracks and, and TV shows. Oh, okay. Well, good for him. Scoring is cool. Yeah. Also, he happens to be married to Amy Mann. Oh. Amy Mann right. of... Till Tuesday. Till Tuesday. Yeah. In addition to being a songwriter, Michael Penn has been a producer. He's done a little bit of acting. He's written TV scores, including scoring the TV show Girls mm. and Masters of Sex. Mm-hmm. And he's done film scores, notably for Paul Thomas Anderson. He mm-hmm. scored Boogie Nights. That's a while ago, though. Yeah, that was a while ago. But check this out. Paul Thomas Anderson's follow-up movie, Magnolia. Mm-hmm. It was very heavy on the Amy Mann. Oh, you're right. Yeah, so... My understanding is that Paul Thomas Anderson was introduced to Amy Mann's music um, through mm-hmm. Michael Penn, and then right. he picked it was her almost up. Almost like an all Amy Mann yeah. soundtrack. Yeah, and it was like a it was like a big deal for her. That was like a I'm huge sure. success for Amy Mann. Yeah, so good thing she had that famous husband. Yeah, and <laughs> and famous self as well. Yeah, way to be famous, all you famous people. Uh, we're gonna hear a song called "No Myth." This is from Michael Penn's debut album, March. Mm -hmm. And uh, this song hit number four on the modern rock charts. You ready for it? Yeah, let's hear it. Let's do it. No Myth. Did Glenn Ballard write this song? No. <laughs> Michael Penn wrote the song. I feel like it's a well-written song, mm-hmm. but the whole delivery and feel of it is so cheesy. Yeah. Like, the notes are fine. I like that. It's catchy. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely not rock and roll. The lyrics it's, are... It's barely ooh. modern rock. Yeah. It's not modern rock. No. I mean, in fact, this was a quite a successful song on the pop charts. This hit number 14 on the Hot 100. Yeah. So good for him. But... You know, sometimes music comes along that's just a lot more square than stuff that I would normally like, Mm -hmm. but I have to give it props because I think it's strong songwriting. Yeah, it is strong songwriting. Um, I will will give it that. So, I don't know. It reminds me of Marshall Crenshaw's debut album, or maybe it makes me think of, do you remember Fastball's The Way? Um, In this song's wildest dreams, is it Fastball's The Way? I'm not saying it is. That's insane. So apparently you are really into the way. I am really into the way. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, Maybe we'll get there someday. I hope we don't. (laughs) No, my point being that fastball, those guys strike me as as a little uncool for what I would normally like. Um, Oh, definitely. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. But I can't get over how good that song is. And that song is not uncool. The way they're handing us that song to me is not uncool. Really? It's a dorky song everyone likes <laughs> i feel like everyone would like this song it's a good song it's not the way okay because you know what i thought it was hmm. i thought it was hootie and the blowfish oh no i thought That's, it was no I thought it was come on hold my hand no that's not fair that's uncool i don't want to listen to hootie and the blowfish i do want to listen to michael penn you know what this is hmm. this is exactly 
what about breakfast at Tiffany's? Oh, okay. That's what this is. Okay. Yeah. I think it's a little bit better than that, but I know what you mean. Deep blue something. That's exactly what this is. I don't totally it's, agree. I think it's better than that. But it's like a parallel universe. Same song. There's a similar a similar <laughs> vibe though. Yeah. That being said, as much as I think this is a really well written song. Teenage Dirtbag? Is it that? No. <laughs> okay. I I do not know what was going on with the drum outro. <laughs> weird yeah they just like forgot to hit stop button on the drum machine or something it just keeps going don't know what that was about what yeah (laughs) you're all not gonna hear this at home but go uh go find yourself a copy (laughs) listen to the whole song enjoy the song and uh you know save around for the drum outro (laughs) yeah that song makes no sense to have a drum outro no it doesn't you know it's like breakfast at tiffany's You know, though, if you do like this song, I will say that I think the whole album's pretty strong. Really? Yeah. I mean, I think it's in a similar vein. What about lyrically? I think it's in a similar vein. (laughs) I thought the lyrics were fine. They're not... Black jeans? Well, okay. But here's the thing. When I picture Michael Penn, I'm picturing him wearing black jeans (laughs) with a tucked in t-shirt and a belt. So... That makes sense. Uh, Aren't you? I'm picturing him dressed like 1990 Jerry Seinfeld. I wore black jeans yesterday, so I don't know why I'm down on black <laughs> jeans. <laughs> does, does he ever show up again? Does Michael Penn hit up there? He actually hits modern rock charts with some more songs from this album. Crazy. Yeah. They were really scraping, huh? They were trying to figure out what the 90s were all about. <laughs> <laughs> this song is good. Look. I'm not look, saying, look. I'm not saying it's that bad. You Remember when I say things are like blah, I'm yeah. fine with it. Okay. If it's not Pearl Jam. <laughs> if it's not Pearl Jam. Uh, let's keep going. I picked out this next song special for you. Oh, good. I could have picked something from the Young Fresh Fellows. We might have been listening to Michelle Shocked right now, but I know you like Nine Inch Nails. I do. I'm, I dug them up. Nine All Inch right. Nails. Here we go. <laughs> the first time Nine Inch Nails is on the modern rock charts, this is it. January 1990, they hit number 16 with their first single. And this is from their debut album, Pretty Hate Machine. All right. I mean, I rocked that so hard. I feel like Nine Inch Nails, the first album, it's good, but Trent Reznor has not quite figured out how to be that perfect kind of scary that he masters with the downward spiral. Yeah, scary. (laughs) No, like the the dark creepiness, like it's not quite there. It's still a little uh, synth pop, and it's still a little, yeah, little goofy. It's a little exotic birds. <laughs> a little exotic <laughs> birds, yes. What? Yeah, it's walking the line. It's it's. He had those dreadlocks, mm-hmm. and you're like, what? Okay, so you really like Skinny Puppy? I get it, but you know what? He did Skinny Puppy better than Skinny Puppy because they didn't have any hooks. Yeah. So one cool thing about Nine Inch Nails, this is essentially a one-man band at this point. Yeah. This is Trent Reznor, and he made demos for the album during off hours when he was working as a janitor in a recording studio in Cleveland. Oh, and no one was there. Yeah, he'd use their equipment, you know, in the wee hours of the morning. Whoa. This album eventually went to number 75 on the album charts, but it spent an incredible 115 weeks on the Billboard 200. Oh, yeah. Amazing. I remember when I got into modern rock, you would watch the charts and you can't believe some of these albums that are so old, mm-hmm. like 
that Metallica album. The, the Black, Black album. album. Yeah. It's just always on the charts. Always on the I charts. I it's still on the charts. Yeah. Yeah. And this one, after Nine Inch Nails' big success later. Then it came back. Came back. This album is now triple platinum. Yeah. Yeah. And this is an indie album. Yeah. So big success, although it was a bit of a slow burn. I knew every word to every song at some point in my life. Really? On Pretty Hate Machine. So we're going to hear the first single. It's called Yay. Down In It. Yeah. And he's rapping. Well, don't spoiler alert. All right. Okay. Down In It, <laughs> number 16 on the modern rock charts. Here we go. I think people have heard this song before. That song for me is a perfect song to be playing in the January 1990 episode because it sounds so transitional to me. Mm, it's like, mm-hmm. this is the 90s, but not quite. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's a little silly. It's a little 80s still, yeah. but it also feels new and fresh at the same time. Yeah. Like we're going totally. somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of silly, like Trent Reznor to me, <sighs> I mean, the rapping's terrible. Yeah. The quality of his voice sounds so uncool to me. Like Michael Penn sounds equally as cool as Trent Reznor. <laughs> I loved Nine Inch Nails. And when I was young, I could not really see this. But Trent Reznor is not cool. Yeah. I mean, he does a really good job masking it. All of the production around him makes him seem pretty cool. But oh, yeah. And he was like angsty enough and all that. And he yeah. looked down at the ground, you know, a lot. Yeah. But um, no, that guy played saxophone in the high school band. Yeah. And I remember the first time I saw him was probably the Closer video. And I just remember like thinking, this guy looks like he's, he's in the wrong video. Yeah, like totally. It's like someone grabbed him off the street and said, wear this mesh shirt. Totally. He's like in costume yeah. and he's not comfortable with it. I think he's found who he is much more I'm, now. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. But he was still young then, although I think at the time I felt like he was old. I think he was like 26. Oh. And I was like, oh, old fogey at 26. <laughs> yeah. Still, I mean, I still like the song. Oh, I love the song. You know what I mean? I think it's got great parts. Yeah. I'm wondering about the kind of nursery rhyme at the end. The rain, rain, go away. Come again some other day. Yeah. He's just like, what are the rights open to? What can we sing on here? Can't do happy uh, birthday. We, we only got two minutes. We need to add another. <laughs> we got to fill some space here. Yeah. I feel like it's an inside joke. Yeah. And we'll have all these like industrial goths singing along to it. Exactly. They then don't we'll see do who's... it live. Okay. They don't do it live. So that's, maybe he got a little that's embarrassed too bad. at yeah. that point. Yeah. Like... <laughs> what about this? When they were recording the video for Down In It, they had a camera attached to a balloon. Mm-hmm. The camera had taken a shot of Trent Reznor laying on the ground pretending he's dead. This is he the loves end, the end those. of the video. Uh-huh. The balloon apparently snaps free and floats away, mm-hmm. only to be found sometime later. And the person who finds it develops the film, thinks they see a dead body, and reports it to the FBI. The FBI investigates the matter. They got back to them then. Yeah, full circle, and they're like, Trent Reznor, are you are you in fact dead? He's like, I'm not dead, guys. It was for just, art. It was for art. That's pretending the, to be dead for art. You gotta pretend to be dead for art sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> if you know it's good for you. Yeah, well, it worked. It worked. <laughs> 
Anything about the song you liked in particular? I liked learning that rap when I was a kid. You know, yeah. those goofy lyrics. I feel like the rap is about as good as the rap from Teen Witch. <laughs> sure. If Teen Witch, if you just like threw some, some like, uh-huh. like over the back of it so it sounded a little edgier. I don't know. I think it could have been a big hit. Kind of like a cloud. Top that. Yeah. Top that. Now I'm down in it. Yeah. Anything else? I had a giganto poster of Trent Reznor on my wall. Yeah. How gigantic are we talking? Like the, the mega posters. The, like the subway posters. The international. Eight by ten. The, no. But like the international import giant yeah. posters. Yeah. And it was Trent. And he had the mesh shirt. He had the gloves that were like stockings that he cut the holes out of so he could put his hands, his fingers through. I mean, he was definitely wearing shorts and... Too many buckles. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then I had another one. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> of the whole bed. On the ceiling. Eddie Vedder got my whole ceiling. Okay. Yeah. What do you think about 1990 so far? I like 50% of it a lot, and mm-hmm. the other stuff was still pretty good. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's how I felt. So it remains to be seen whether this was a pretty good month or whether the 90s just rule. The 90s already rule. Yeah. So I did want to make a correction. Uh, Back in a previous episode, we featured the Dead Milkmen, Uh their song Punk Rock Girl. And I made a comment wondering what the heck the lyric meant when he said, I tapped her on the shoulder and said, do you have a bell? Uh Uh-huh. Correction. He actually says, I tapped her on the shoulder and said, do you have a bow? As in, you know, oh, like B- a boyfriend. Yeah, as in a boyfriend. He's like from Philly. Philly, Philly. Yeah, can't right. give it to me. Philly's a weird one. I tapped do. her on the shoulder <laughs> and said, "Do you have a bow? A bow? Yeah." So it's it's bow. He's saying bow. Oh, he right. wants to know if she has a boyfriend, and she doesn't know. That makes more sense than the bell. Yeah, and you know, this is what we do. <sighs> we can admit when we make mistakes. We yeah, are sure. correcting the modern rock for you. Should we peace Thank out? Thank you for that. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If anyone would like to ask questions or send some comments or correct anything else, uh, you can get a hold of me or us at thisismodernrock at gmail.com. I'd like to give a big thanks to Orly for coming on again. Woo, woo, woo. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we'll definitely hear more from you later in the season. Oh, good. Catch you next time.